I can't believe I just woke up. I mean, I got back from from Pirates Bay uh, on oh, Tuesday yeah. afternoon mm-hmm. at about two, mm-hmm. and I I fell asleep in the car, and I just woke up a half hour ago. <laughs> That's so weird. So it's almost like there's something circadian going on. <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the show drifting away from the too-beautiful-to-live dock like a damaged boat with a hungover dude hanging off the side. I am Michael Andrew Frizzell, also known as Drew McFrizz, the jail dude, the longest-running co-broken of LRB, coming to you from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room in Manchac, Texas. My co-host today uh, from the soon-to-be taken back from the government for unpaid property taxes from 2011 studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan. It's Meredith Moons over my hammy Van Harn ham. Good morning, <laughs> Meredith. Good morning, Mike. You got most of that wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> most of it. Okay. Yep. Great. Uh, from Stick, Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, everybody. And from middle-aged momish type studios in South Austin, it's Hillary, the H-bomb butler. Good morning, Hillary. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I have the church giggles a little bit. so (laughs) (laughs) It's easy when you're trying to be quiet and not obvious. (sighs) As usual, we'll talk about our own business, then dive into a... Mm, recap of TBTL, but mainly just telling tales of ourselves and out of school about our loved ones. We'll keep some house and then let you know how to get involved. Uh, who's on the business desk this morning? I guess that's me, but I can't maintain this voice. <laughs> <laughs> can we get in the car? Can we leave the pub and get in the car where we can talk in our normal voices? Um, yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Ching. <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly right. good audio. All right, welcome everybody. Hey, uh, <laughs> we can talk freely now. There gosh. are no uh, potential murderers so around us. So. <laughs> Nobody uh, could hear us talking now. So let's go. <laughs> but we're still not going to talk about any anything. <laughs> I, I was already forming my plan to go onto YouTube and find some sound effects of car doors closing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need Who to needs now. that. <laughs> I we got have it. A Foley artist I got with it. us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we're safely on the road, just just no Foley catheters. Okay. Uh, sure. Foley artism <laughs> is fine, but. <laughs> well, let's talk about the most important thing coming up in the LRB universe: the LRB picnic, Woo! Friday, July twenty-six, five p.m. I think we're gonna stay with Richmond Beach Park in Shoreline because we couldn't handle the jet lag otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <then. laughs> going to Pirates Bay Mm. would involve. Uh, We're still telling people, bring things that don't have sneaky meat in them, purely for Christy's benefit, so she doesn't get trapped into eating something that has chicken broth or bacon, although she likes bacon, so 
<laughs> I used to kind of delight in accidental bacon when I was a vegetarian. It's like, oh, darn. Oops. Oops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it wasn't oh, my fault. No. So. Splork. <laughs> or whatever. It would be rude not to finish it, though. Right. I mean, it's already there. It's not going to, I don't want it to go to waste. Yeah. Don't throw it away. Don't Oops. throw it away. No. Well, uh, so picnic coming up. We would love to have everybody there. I want everybody's baked goods. That's yes. what I want. It'll be a carb exclusive mm-hmm. <laughs> picnic. I can get yes. behind that. <laughs> and bring uh, all the different flavors of Doritos. And, and Oreos. And, oh my God, Oreo taste test. Yes. Ooh. Oh. Yes. And actually, yes. green tea Oreos sound good to oh, me. I don't know. To me. I don't know why. I was like, ooh, that sounds kind of good. <laughs> Are we going to do a live show from the, have we decided that? Because we have the, it sounds like we might have the ability to do that. I don't know. We haven't gotten that far in the okay. planning, I don't think. I know. We've got a month and a half. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll TBD. Yeah. If nothing else, we'll do some crowd work. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Hey, anyone here from Tacoma? <laughs> I'll talk slower. Ooh. Oh. Sorry, Nick. Shots, Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh hillary do you remember the alamo i remember the alamo oh my god <laughs> like it was yesterday. like it was yesterday <laughs> yes exactly um <laughs> if you're friends with me on facebook you already saw this but i um my four year and a half year old as of yesterday because yesterday was his half birthday i told him that morning i was like today's your half birthday oh my god like, she's infecting god. other people please don't do this to him please don't do this to him <laughs> and then Bridget's eyes lit oh, up no. and she was like enraged oh, that no. it wasn't her half birthday. And like, it's in August. Oh, you God. have it. Hillary, you created this situation. You got to admit. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to feel sorry for anything that comes down after this. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's been asking, I don't know. Dave took him to Camp Mabry, which is this, I guess, old, or it's a base yeah. sort of that's up in North Austin or Central Austin. And they took them there. And it's it's an active base, but they have a lot of cool stuff yeah. for kids to climb around on, like war, war machines that they can imagine wiping out, you know, populations <laughs> exactly. Of, exactly. Uh, all over the earth. Um, so he, like I did when I was a kid. <laughs> as Dave did as well. Um, so he learned something about the Alamo there. And all of a sudden, I don't know, a week or two ago, he said, Mommy, there were more Mexicans than Texans. And I'm like, what? And I thought he was just being like racist. And I'm like, what is he? What, baby? There still are. (laughs) And he said, there's more Mexicans than Texas. And I'm like, trying to trace the four and a half year old brain. And I'm like, are you talking about the Alamo? And he said, yeah. I'm like, yeah, there were actually. So we kind of talk about that a little bit. Anyway, so we decided that yesterday I would, Bridget had, Dave's already taken Bridget to the Alamo. So I decided to take Rory to the Alamo that we'd have a whole day down in San Antonio. And what's sort of crazy is it acts like I, I act like I went on this great journey. Um, San Antonio is an hour and 15 minutes from my house. Like it's not a big trek. I mean, it's down a really shitty highway, but it's like not a big deal at all. So, and also my brother lives down there. So we went and we met my brother for lunch and uh, my niece and then, Went to the Alamo, and actually, we had a really nice time. It was so hot. Like, I'm not ready for this kind of heat. It was like, 
I don't know what happened. It was like it was 80 degrees. Everything was great. And then all of a sudden it's 100 degrees and like we're in summer and it's miserable outside. So we're walking around. It was well over 100 heat index oh, yesterday. It was... You know, I'm old because I use the heat index. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I'm just like, we're walking around. His face is turning red. My I'm dripping sweat. I mean, we were disgusting. But anyway, I had booked a tour, uh, like a little kids tour. And we... She, you know, talked about the Alamo, showed us, you know, all the important sites. And it was, the Alamo is tiny. It's interesting because it's this old mission, but it's, you know, a little postage stamp, nothing. But it is interesting. But as she's talking, and Dave was so annoyed with me, as she's talking, I'm like in my head filling in all the actual facts. Like, <laughs> well, the reason why we, you know, the Texas wanted independence is because, you know, they wanted to become part of the United States. And there was like a whole slave thing that U.S. wanted to, you know, the Southerners wanted the Texans to come in so that they could have another slave state. I mean, I'm like trying to, Dave's like, don't say that. You can't say that to Rory. He's not ready for it yet. Because I actually sort of started telling the kids about the Holocaust the other day. And Dave's like, they're not ready for it. They're not ready for it. Um, Anyway, so we had a really, really good time. The only problem is my son is a question asker, like constantly. All he does is ask questions all the time. And he did that on the tour like seven times, like raising his hand. I mean, mm. it was kind of cute because he raised his hand like he was in class. And he's like, um, um, um. And then he's just like, where's Davy Crockett buried? And she's like, well, he's not really buried here. And it's because all the bodies were burned. But like, don't worry about it. Um. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, he made a lot of comments. He was definitely like, this is less of a question, more of a comment. And I'm Uh-oh. like, no, no, put your hand down. Put your hand down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we had a really, really, really good time. And we were exhausted when we got back. But we had a, a really fun mother and son time. And I don't know, Bridget and Dave went to go see like the secret life of pets too. And then Rory was pissed that he didn't get to go. And I'm like, I just took you Mm. to the Alamo. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was my day yesterday. (laughs) That sounds fun. That sounds like a super fun day. It was fun. Despite the million degrees, it was, it was fun. You did look slightly like you were melting in the photos. Yeah. Uh, But I, but glowing was, yeah, exactly. That's how, that's how it was. That's exactly how it was. Uh, in uh, Meredith's Media Corner, you have a media recommendation for people, correct? I do. It's getting warmer in Michigan too, and this is my tr- my blood has thickened already. Like I am, I'm going actually going to Dallas next weekend to visit my friend Jocelyn, uh, my, one of Mike's favorite names, and her new baby. Um, she's uh, my best friend in Texas for sure. Um, so I haven't met her, her new daughter yet. So I'm going to go for the weekend and probably just want to hide from that heat because what I'm doing right now is hiding from the Michigan heat, the very mild Michigan heat by watching Hulu. And, um, I discovered this show a while back called Letter Kenny and I haven't really heard too many other people talking about it so I wanted to put it out there that it's probably the best show I've ever seen in my life (laughs) it's wow it's incredible it's a it's about it's a Canadian show it's about a a a guy named uh Wayne who lives in a small town in Ontario it's about his family and his friends and it's just be it's kind of beyond description it's extremely strange um but hilarious and it's it's in English, but you need captions because it's the script is like 100% wordplay. Um, so it's just, it's super funny. Mm. Um, it's 
it's really well done. It's really smart. And it's one of those shows that you could watch over and over and over and catch new stuff each time because it's so dense um, with jokes. So um, I'm actually, I've gone through, there's six seasons, I believe, on Hulu. And I've, I've started over because I want to um, kind of watch it from a different perspective of having seen the whole thing. And I think there's new season coming out on Hulu. Hulu owns it now in October. So spend the summer getting caught up on Letterkenny. That's my recommendation. Cool. So are you finished with SVU then? I'm caught up on SVU. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm not finished with it because it's still going on. Don't worry. They're making more. So I check every, I check every day for, Mm. for new ones, although it's the, the season's over. So I don't know why I do that. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but it's still it, it got renewed for yet one more season so there will be more episodes in the fall it's like tbtl when we're telling people they need to you know archive like it's always going to be going yes. i feel like it'll never end it'll just probably keep going in perpetuity yeah. and then what's wrong with that nothing <laughs> i can't think of marishka hargitay and anything else no. no me neither and and why should we she makes something like four hundred thousand dollars an episode Oh my God! Seriously, yeah. get why it. would she it's, quit? I know it's like it's like Ellen Pompeo. I've read some articles with her where she's like, you know, I'm 50 years old. Like, I'm not gonna get a movie role. That's just not gonna happen. So I'm gonna stay on Grey's Anatomy and I'm gonna make a lot of money yeah. for every episode. And I'm like, get it, absolutely. I don't watch that show. They they don't make her play a, a med student, still, do they? No, no. no. I think she's like. <laughs> it's so crazy though because there are people that really st- I mean I watched it very religiously for three years I think and then at some point three years is usually my maximum as far as like in super being into something and then I kind of petered off but it is I mean it started when Dave and I started dating which was 15 years ago yeah. mm-hmm. it started when Grey's Anatomy the book came out <laughs> That's it was an adaptation originally I find usually that four seasons to me is about as much as a conventional drama can sustain because yeah. after that, it seems like they start sort of folding in on themselves character wise, like the killer. Oh, it's her brother. And I'm like, no, the killer is not her brother. What are you talking about? That's what happened yeah. with Dexter. It just got more and more ridiculous. Right. There's all these personal connections because that's the only way that they can think of to keep it interesting and dramatic. Right. With Grey's Anatomy, I'm like, well, how many more people can get killed in a helicopter crash, you know? <laughs> exactly. Didn't we have one two seasons ago? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I just saw that The Good Place is ending oh, after four yeah. years. Which, Perfect. like, I'm sad, but I'm happy for them that they made the choice. It is the right I think that's time. so much mm-hmm. better. And I know it's not a drama, but it is, like, dramatic. And I think that after a while, we just, they wouldn't be able to come up with any more scenarios. They honestly <sighs> wouldn't be able to. That weren't like sort of silly. Yeah. Um, like they flipped it around already. After the first season, I was like, well, how are they going to keep doing this now? <laughs> like yeah. I didn't yeah. understand how yeah. it could continue. And they flipped it around a couple times. And I think they've probably done all they can do. Yeah. It's like, how long can you expect genius to last yeah. on that kind of yeah. regular schedule? Yeah, exactly. Good for them. All right, Mike has ideas. It's been a while, Mike. It has, but uh, I think I finally finally have a good one. I mean, I have ideas all the time. I can't stop them. They're just like boom, 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 boom in my mind all the time. Um, but I think I finally have one that 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 y'all might like. Um, and it the it started. Well, 
I won't, I'll go back to the start in a minute, but last night, the reason I decided to bring the idea finally to you guys was, uh, last night I watched a star is born, it, you know, premiered on HBO. So, and you know, I'm not going <laughs> to rent it. So, um, so I watched the premiere on HBO and it was the first time I'd seen a star is born, uh, the new version. And, uh, I really liked it and I had some, you know, major issues with it. I had a lot of things to say. Um, Emily had seen it a long time ago in the theater with Cullen or something, so she wasn't watching it with me. And I was thinking, uh, I know someone who really has a lot of thoughts about this movie, and I wish I were watching it with her. And that's uh, Hillary Livingston Butler. Yes. <laughs> and I was thinking it would be so fun to just sit here and watch watch this movie with her, especially if I if I'll, I'll watch it if I was watch had watched it a couple more times and could get, really get my thoughts together. And then sit with Hillary and watch it so we don't really have to, like, respect the movie. We can just talk over it. Yes. So I was thinking about that. And then it, it brought me back to a few weeks ago when I, when I started to have this idea was when I finally saw Mean Girls for the first time. It's a 15-year-old movie. I, I probably just thought that, I mean, everyone says how great it is. But, you know, it's not for me because I'm just, it's, I'm not in the demographic or whatever. But the fact is the movie is so good it, over, it overcomes you know, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever biases you have or whatever, like, oh, it's a teen movie. It's a mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But when something's really well done, yeah. then you have to respect that. And then I watched it again yesterday. And then I was looking for a podcast to listen to. And I noticed that the Rewatchables, which is the one that I, I talked about on this show, um, was doing was they were doing um, Mean Girls. And it was Bill Simmons, and he had two of his uh, women staffers who, you know, this movie meant everything to them. And I, I haven't heard the whole thing yet, but they, I think they go on for like an hour and a half about about Mean Girls. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be more fun if I could just listen to them watch the movie? You know, because they've got these categories and they do these things, and they're all over the place and they go on weird tangents. But if they were actually watching the movie, I think they would more or less stay focused and they and and you could really they could get all their points in and i don't know i I just thought i would have preferred that so my idea was just take a movie um like like mean girls or whatever or stars born or something that that uh more than one of us on on this crew is passionate about and then we just we sync up we turn on the movie with the sound off and then we just watch the movie together and, and make all our points and make all our jokes and, and be jerks. And, and, you know, Grease 2. Grease 2. Oh, Grease 2. Grease 2. Well, I've never seen Grease 2. Can I participate? Of course. Okay. Oh, I don't want to How are you going to watch it without the well, I could put two. the captions on, I guess. Or maybe I could watch it ahead of time. Oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing is, is if you haven't seen the movie, then you probably want to throw the captions up there so you at least know what the fuck is going yeah. on. Um, I think it is a really fun idea. There was sort of a version of um, this. It was not a podcast. It was a TV show on Bravo. Shoot, I'm trying to think of what it's called. The People's Couch, where they would watch. Bra- I mean, it's sort of like a snake eating its tail. They would watch Bravo shows and comment <laughs> on them. <laughs> And yeah. I found it endlessly entertaining. Like it, well, because they were actually funny. Like that, right. you have to be funny, otherwise, it's like just people. Well, watching there's there's attention. plenty of shows where they're you know the doing you know tra- like, tracks over movies, right? Where like Mystery Science Theater, yeah, kind of yes. stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but you do it with good movies instead of bombs. Like, right. Shitty side, <laughs> something that you actually 50s. like. Yeah, I'm sure it's not in any way an original idea, but what I what I was thinking was um, we are, I don't know, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I would like us to drift further and further away from TV. <laughs> really? I'm shocked. We're 20 and, minutes in and we haven't even talked about TBTL yet. <laughs> <laughs> to start putting something in our feed that has nothing to do with TBTL. I mean, because at this point, our listener base is what it is. They're listening for us now. You know? I mean, nobody's just going, oh, I got to listen to see... Um, what they're saying about Luke and Andrew. They're listening because we they they like our personalities or they hate us or wh- why they're listening. I don't know. I'm not sure, but they are. And so, you know, and and I, I'm sure they these shows would not get as many downloads because people say, I, I, have, I don't care about that movie. I don't, you know. But it could also attract some new yeah. listeners. Um, you know, you, if mm-hmm. you get a little just get it out there and people are fascinated with certain movies and television shows or whatever. And they look for any content about it. I mean, we would probably get a lot of hate mail, uh, especially once I start spouting my opinions. Like, once we have the natural uh, episode got, come up, everybody's Oh my God. I was just, yeah, the natural. <laughs> but yeah. People tuning in. It's like, Oh, that's my favorite movie. Like, I'm going to see what these people have to say about it. And then mm. it's just like two hours of me just fucking. Yeah, but we could natural. we could start a betting pool, give it over under on when Mike has the coronary. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I think until then, this is a really fun. Yeah, idea. that's that movie. That movie might end me. <laughs> that's the final episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Farewell. Uh, no, I think it's an awesome idea. I mean, we have to come up with a list of movies. It has to be in this like. Venn diagram of movies that you love but are also kind of silly or not silly like but just sort of uh, dumb or funny to talk about or whatever uh, are you saying I we're mean, not going right. to have a Schindler's List episode for our <laughs> Schindler's List no. platoon we do like the yeah. artist <laughs> well, well I don't know what you, whether y'all think I, I think it should have its own like theme song it should have its own its own feel you know okay. not I mean, it should go out in our feed. It can go out in our feed, but um, I don't think it's an LRB, you know? Well, we could do a sample episode on LRB and then go branch right. off into its own. Who needs a movie? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, who needs a movie? <laughs> well, Mike, you you may have done it. You may have finally had an idea done, that we could, we could put into practice. Okay, well, I have this other idea where instead... Instead of uh, instead of mixing um, mixing together tuna salad, you just feed mayonnaise to the tuna, and then they just come pre-flavored. Well, I guess that was the start and the end of it. <laughs> Dang! You had one. It's cool. Good I had job. one. Yeah, it's on fire. Yeah. Thanks. All right, I think it's an awesome idea. We can. We could offline plan some for it. I mean, Grease 2 is definitely yep. on the docket, like 100%. Oh, yeah. Have fun with that one. <laughs> You're not going to join us? No, not going to. I'll, I'll listen. I think that'll be great. Because I like you guys. No, sorry. I hate listening to you guys. I forgot. Uh, wrong podcast. Our job with the Grease 2 show then is to convince Mike that he needs to watch Grease 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good.
<laughs> I like me some Michelle Pfeiffer. Isn't that the one that she's in? Oh my God, she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. She's yeah. Oh. She was my favorite actress for a long time. She's not doing anything anymore. No, she's she doesn't seem she's like been anymore. in some stuff, but it's like smaller or not smaller, but just stuff that you would not necessarily see. Okay. I saw some bullshit article online. I think it was like sponsored content on Facebook that I got sucked into, where it was like uh, fifteen worst cast superhero roles that actually turned out to be genius, and he was. It was all about, like, we thought Heath Ledger was a stupid choice for the Joker, but then he was great. And they said Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. They're, like, clearly the best Catwoman ever. And I was Um, like, excuse me? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) I'm not into Anne Hathaway hate. Like, I think it's weird that people hate her for no reason. But she was not the best Catwoman. No. 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 Clearly. Clearly. Weird. All right, well, we'll start some planning on this because I think it's good. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. We'll do a quick Jam Tracker update. We had a donation from our premier science correspondent, Justina Tavarovsky. Justina, you have a great last name. I just really enjoy saying Tavarovsky. (laughs) She's from Acton, Massachusetts. And Justina says, the TBTL-a-thon made me realize that these days I mostly listen to TBTL to be able to fully enjoy LRB. If I'm giving money to those dummies, I certainly should be giving to the smart, (laughs) thoughtful, and delightful people of LRB. (laughs) That was the best. That was the best reasoning. I loved Mm -hmm. it. You're smart, Justina. Justina's our people. Yeah, absolutely. We do this for I'm excited about her her hometown of Acton... uh, is it is it Massachusetts or Maine? I, I, I forget the abbreviations. M mm, A. I don't. It's confusing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Let's get Dottie in here on that. Um, but uh, if I if I were in Acton, I would change my last name to Jackson so that I could say <laughs> I'm like Mike Jackson of the Acton Jacksons. Sure. I'm really disappointed in myself that I guessed where you're going with that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody saw that one coming. <laughs> so thank you, Justina. You are sound the effects best. over here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's right. go to a quick throw your phone before we get to the recap from Ross, who says, unpopular opinion. I'm actually starting to like the three bell sounds. I saw Anne faint. I heard her faint. I felt it. (laughs) Has anyone else experienced the Burbank effect where sheer repetition has made this funny? Well, I mean, that's the definition of Burbanking, right? I mean, I felt like that about um, Uh American Pie. Yes. Yes. It was was funny, and then it was terrible, and then it was funny again. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, you know, I don't have a problem with the three bells, except for that one of them is flat. <laughs> he doesn't execute them very well. He, he really doesn't. It, he needs to just get a wind chime so he doesn't have to rely on himself to, to hit, hit all the, the notes, you know? Yeah, just, just rattle your wind chime like you're a fucking morning DJ and get it over with. Um, let's see, Ross continues also when the guys were in larima they referenced a woman walking from alice springs to darwin i dug up her gofundme page and figured it might be the universe kind of adding value to the delightful but pointless road trip if appropriate can give her an lrb bump 
yes, we can. I will Absolutely. put the GoFundMe link in the show notes. And unlike Bobby, when I say it, I <laughs> remember to do it. <laughs> uh, and this this was the lady, uh, I forget the details, but she was doing the walk uh, to raise money for her daughter who had cancer, Yeah, I think. I think so. Yeah. Do you think she would have taken the ride had they offered it? Because wouldn't that have ruined That's her fundraiser cheating. if they just exactly. drove her up to Alice Springs or whatever? Well, she hey, said she in. liked and then, it. And then if she said she wouldn't get in, you know, I mean, that would have been weird. They would, I, If it were me, I would have been like, why wouldn't you fucking get in? It's 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 a long ways. <laughs> because it's a fundraiser. I just went to the page and it's epilepsy is what the is what oh, okay. she's raising money for. Not corrections corner over here um well god if it's only <laughs> epilepsy I'm not doing it then <laughs> that's cool they they did say that she was walking in her fly net and i was like yeah, Ooh. sounds horrible nope i would do a different <laughs> fundraiser but i applaud her so yeah thank you ross i i like your reasoning that that it would be a good way to make a point in a pointless <laughs> trip yeah and with that being said should we move on to this week's tbtl indeed first topic is throw another cliche on the barbie and with this i i hope maybe we're wrapping up the australia talk um they did have the one last episode the you know really extremely hyped episode live from the pink panther pub in larima I think that that might be a slight misnomer because I don't know what was, as Meredith put it before we started recording, it was live from the car as like the rest of the week was uh, the previous week. Well, there was a little bit that was live from the front yard of the Pink Panther pub <laughs> yeah. away from all the people. The whisper, 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 so whisper. So embarrassed. We did. <laughs> we did. And the crazy thing is about them being embarrassed. How many podcasts have recorded from Larima or like live shots or whatever, you know, TV spots? I, I feel like it's, you know, the 12 people of Larima are extremely used to this by now. But anyway, they're them. <laughs> they get easily embarrassed by their silly job. So we heard, a, you know, a few seconds at the very beginning of, um, you know, somebody in an Australian accident accent, which is probably faked because there's a lot of Australian people that live on the West coast of the United States. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm dubious, but, um, anyway, I, that was sort of promising. I thought, Oh cool. They're going to talk to some of the people there and we're really going to have some like interactive. Well, except all it really was, was them discussing what had happened the night before when they had this great party in the bar at Larima. And I'm like, I would have liked to be there for that. I thought that was the whole point of this, not just to hear about like your semester abroad, like a week later or whatever. It just seems like they're just recounting it instead of doing, they're not journalists. I don't hold them that to, the, to that standard, but what was the point otherwise? That's what I don't understand. And I know that some people really like this episode more and it definitely had more action and the stories were more interesting about, that Andrew had with drinking with these guys, but I would have liked to have some interviews. I don't know. I thought it was going to be like, okay, place me in Australia. I think this solidified the fact that this was, um, the point of this was for them to get a free trip to Australia. I mean, it was. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that they had to do to pay for it was drive through like the shittiest parts of right. Australia, but um, <laughs> no offense, Australia. No shade if I could figure out how to scam a free trip oh, to yeah. Australia. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do it. too. It's just, that's what it was. Let's not pretend it wasn't. <laughs> I would have totally 
done that done that thing when uh you know like like when i flew up for the uh, for the dolly thing you know it's just like well uh, dolly's in seattle yeah and i from seattle and i love seattle so how about uh y'all pay for everything you know pay for the flights and uh, the hotel while i'm doing my dolly thing and then i'll stay a few more days and they should have fucking taken that's advantage of that legit. Like, that's legit like Qantas can fly so many another week and let's go do some stuff you know, let's go do some cool stuff. Uh, and that's legit. Too. Yeah. Like Meredith said, but you're also not producing content from that. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't, no. that's the thing that was disappointing to me is it just seemed like, again, like we said, there's just nothing, there was no reason for them to be there. I don't know what they did there except drive across. I mean, at least, you know, I was definitely disappointed last um, TBTL thon that they didn't actually do the hitchhiking thing that they said that they were going to do. But at least it ended um, with like this great celebration. And I think, you know, last summer I remember us kind of all being like, I wish they had done this. I wish they had done that. But then that last show at um, Jamie's house was, was awesome. amazing. It like kind of, t- you know, made me tear up and you're like, oh, this is what the community is about. Um, I'm not asking for somebody in Australia to have a chicken drawer, but like, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. There could have just been something. It doesn't have to be a listener event, but something just recording at the pub. I don't know. It just was disappointing to me. And I mean, it definitely was a little bit more lively, but it was disappointing to me. So, I don't know. and it wasn't live. I mean, it was as live as the other shows that they do. So that was weird. Um, Anyway, so I mean, I guess we just have to move on. We'll we'll be hearing about stories of Australia for, you know, years to come. Andrew's going to be catching up on his sleep for the next six months. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. But moving on, Luke saw a kangaroo. Thank God, but was afraid it was luring him over the hills so the mob could pounce on him. <laughs> That's my favorite line. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit self centered. Does he think that He's kangaroos seen Jurassic are really Park. thinking about him? <laughs> this much <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah they, they all like alert luke's, luke's here. here let's get let's him get... <laughs> clever girl mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, so dumb i mean i i think i would be sort of scared to see a a kangaroo very close yeah i might back away but yeah it's well aren't they super can, can't they just kick you in the chest and then you're dead yeah. yeah yeah so of course Kangers are no kind joke. Of scary yeah i mean it really does seem like the as far as here and maybe where y'all are as well the closest uh analogy is is um a deer i mean not that they're as like cool or majestic but it seems like they're really they get hit a lot mm-hmm. uh they're they are kind of overpopulate the area they're very territorial if you get in their area but like but also will probably run away if they see you yeah, that makes sense. Um, I told you, I think I said this one time. One time Dave got chased by a deer when he was on a run. Oof. He was like, oh, I know. And then it was like, it started kind of charging after him. I think she must have just, or the, I don't know, there was a, a baby involved. So they oh. get super protective of it, you know, their babies, and then started kind of <laughs> running after Yikes. Dave. Um, anyway, I, you know, they're... I'm glad that they saw a kangaroo. I actually was thinking about that. If I went to Australia and didn't see a kangaroo, whether in the wild or just like out and about, I would be kind of disappointed. I would have been really disappointed if I didn't see a koala bear. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I really associate. But I wonder if that's more on the um, prettier. Like you need trees <laughs> and eucalyptus for those things, right? So, 
Another thing that I was disappointed on, not to be negative, but I really wanted to hear about Darwin. When I kind of Google mapped my way through Darwin, it looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is a different part of Australia that you don't hear that much about because it's, you know, not Sydney or Melbourne or whatever. But it looks so cool. But I don't know. I guess that was just their gateway to go back to um, San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, Um, they weren't originally even going to go to Darwin. That was that semi-last-minute change. So Yes. Yeah. Maybe they were just going to get some sleep and then go to the airport. Yeah. Which, again, what what were they doing? I don't know. It's so weird. I like can't imagine driving from here to, I don't know, I guess Minneapolis is the kind of closest thing for me. And just being like, okay, and then turning around and coming back. <laughs> it just seems <laughs> weird. Stopping in Omaha. I don't even know what's on there. <laughs> I don't know. Des Moines. Um, yeah. Ooh. I'll do it something. One of the this will be the LRB thon is <laughs> Anne flies down here and then we drive back to Minneapolis. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess on the plane back, it seems that they had one of those like quizzing kind of like it was a really really nice airplane and they had. Um, you know, probably a screen in front and you could take little quizzes, which I I think when Dave and I went to London, they had one of those on our airplane or maybe when I flew Alaska, I can't remember. Anyway, there were, one of the questions was about like, who, like what song did Joel Dolce sing? I can't remember the exact phrasing of it or what was the, where this lyric was in. Anyway, the song is called shut up in your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, have never heard of this song, though it fits completely in that like early '80s timeline. But I've never heard it. Have y'all had had y'all heard it before? No, I don't think so. I had heard it on uh, Doctor Demento. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Italian American stereotype novelty songs and didn't have a lot of pull in the Twin Cities, <laughs> Scandinavian influenced <laughs> area. But Mike, you had heard it. Yeah, I heard it on Dr. Demento, which is not something I listen to regularly, but um, I think for a period of time, I think he was probably playing that thing every week. When he got something that resonated at all, he would play it a lot. Uh, That's a... That would be one of those where you're... It's like Mambo number five or something. It's like when... (laughs) (laughs) Which was really big when I went to Europe like for study abroad, and then I came back, and it had traveled over here. Like, it had made the leap, and I was like, no. no. (laughs) But it kind of just gets stuck in your head constantly. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't seem great, but yeah, Luke is now obsessed with it. And we do have a throw your phone from it from our beloved Justina. Um, She said, holy crap, I remember that song. Everyone in elementary school would say, shut up at your face all the time. So (laughs) it did have some popularity in the U.S. I wonder, did Justina Justina grow up in the Boston area? So I wonder if there's, I don't know, more Italians there. And it's, I don't know. I bet it was was big in Europe. So I feel like it's an easier jump to go to to Massachusetts. Um, I'm fully speculating on that. and okay, the last little bit of Australia news, besides sleeping talk, which we'll get to later, um, they explained that their bags were delayed getting to them. And it was sort of like they kind of like half mentioned it, like ha- what happened. And they didn't understand that they had to retrieve their bags when they landed in the US and then recheck them, which I'm like, this is the thing that it, they were very nice about it because 
you know, the customer service person was appropriately, you know, like bowing to them. So they (laughs) were okay with it. Um, But they keep saying, oh, they they forgot to tell us that we had to do that. Uh, I'm sorry. It's your fault. Like, that's a known thing that you have to do. And I guarantee you they were told that. And they just weren't listening. I guarantee it. I guarantee they were told that. But uh, or when they were walking out the airplane, I'm sure they were saying, like, go get your bags and then you've got to do it. Because Dave and I had to do it when we landed. We when we flew to Paris a few years ago, we flew back. We had to fly through Charlotte and we had to get our bags and recheck them. That's just what you have to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When they come into the States, right? Like, yeah, it's you have to kind of go through it like this is your arrival city because they want to make sure they want to make sure you're not a terrorist or whatever. That's <laughs> I'm sure it's something kind of silly, but like that's just the that that's the standard procedure. And they were kind of acting like, well, I mean, she didn't tell us, but it's fine. We like it was okay. And I'm like, oh god, you just weren't listening. The whole customer service conversation was kind of yicky to some oh, of us. Yeah. We felt like they were just demanding that people bow down to them, like you said. And we've had, that's, I don't know, that's kind of been a theme in the past year or so where they just talk endless shit about people who are trying to help them. (laughs) Yes. And I noticed because, of course I did, um, that the guy that, or the customer service person that was helping them that they really liked because he was so nice, he was really cool, was a guy. Right. And I feel like if it had been a woman, they would have sent a tone toning i i just if that seems to be the the standard if it's like a especially if it's an older woman yep then it's like oh you know she was not very nice but it's like some young hip guy they're like oh he was so cool i mean good for the guy he seems like he's really good at his job but that's hard it's really and if oh my I, god i can't imagine working in that little like um you know, by the baggage claim, that little booth or the little room that you can go in to get your bags or talk, ask about your bags. I cannot imagine working in there. That seems like a like a ring of hell. It is the most miserable place on earth. It's got to it be. It is. It, I mean, I don't like going in there. And I'm, you know, I try to be nice, but you're just kind of, your hackles are up a little mm. bit. I cannot imagine just dealing with and people who are way ruder, really alpha people that are like, where's my bag? Right. Ugh, nightmare. Anyway, that's Australia, TBD, maybe. We'll see next week. (laughs) Let's do a little bit of news you can use. I wrote down something about how eight kids won the Scripps National Spelling Bee. I was a little bit scattered this week when I was listening to TBTL. Um, I heard the story, of course, that they had an eight-way tie on the Spelling Bee this year. And so they think they're going to have to look at the process and maybe... If they ran out of words, I think. I mean, like, that seems unlikely. It does. But... That they ran out of words. Maybe they ran out of prepared words? Yeah. Yeah, I bet that's I, that's it. Because they have to do all the kind of background-y stuff. I think what happened is it got too late. It was like super, super, super late. It's past their bedtime. And and it was like a you know baseball game where there's a curfew. It's like we can't keep playing till five in the morning, guys. It's at some point we have to suspend this. And and since you can't get you can get major league teams back together to play, but you can't get all these kids back together to to play it off. So they had to make them all champions. So um, they they were they were cool about it. They ever all the kids seemed to really like it. So no big deal. Yeah, I don't see I- any problem. I usually watch the spelling bee. I'm sort of mad that I didn't, but that that's eight is a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I could kind of see two or three, but eight, 
it, that's a lot of kids that are just really, really good at it. Well, the guys had some suggestions like ditch the language of origin. Any other clues that they give to the kids? And, well, I, I feel like it would be over pretty quickly if they didn't yeah, get the context right. clues. <laughs> I, For sure. But, I mean, that's I think that's sort of silly in a way because the whole point, that's how you spell. I mean, obviously, spelling is somewhat like memorization, but how mm-hmm. you spell is using context clues, you know, of like, oh, okay. And those kids are just really smart and they've studied yeah, that's the, you know, that's Greek and Latin. that's what they're testing them on. Yes. So taking yeah. that away seems weird. Yeah, it would really last about. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, people. You know. my mom is really good at Scrabble and people are like, oh, you must know all the words. And she's like, no, I just know how to play this specific game. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know some yeah. weird words now just from experience and I know where to put them. It's not a game about spelling words. It's not a game about big words. It's strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I have a pretty fraught relationship with spelling bees from the year that I was in the third and fourth grade spelling bee and I was in the third grade and all the other third graders got knocked out right away. But I hung in there with the fourth graders. <laughs> of course you did. And they did, they actually did run out of words, the prepared words that they had given us to study. So they started opening up the dictionary or whatever. And when I was prepping for the spelling bee, my mom said, if you win the spelling bee, I will take you to Baskin Robbins and you can have a triple scoop. And I was like, <gasps> like the clouds parted and the sun beat. The idea of having a triple scoop, oh my gosh. it just kept me going. It fueled my studies. <laughs> well, I lost. I think I was the fifth in fifth place. Oh. I lost on the word benefit because I mixed up the E and the I. Oh. And afterwards, I said to my mom, can we still go to Basket Robbins? And she said, no, Basket Robbins is for winners. <gasps> no. <laughs> oh, my God. Your mom's coffee is yeah. for closers, huh? Yep. Yikes. <laughs> my mom's hardcore. <laughs> Seriously. There's no Minnesota nice in that mm-hmm. one. That's just like, no. no. You're fucked up. You don't meet the terms of the bargain. You're not getting the reward. Couldn't you have had one scoop? <laughs> I think we did go to Baskin Robbins, but okay, the triple good. scoop was was out of was gone. I think you should, should have gotten five for being fifth. <laughs> yeah. It eases the sting a little. My whole life revolved around ice cream when I was little. <laughs> uh, I do. I. I. I feel like everybody knows the word that they got out on. Of course, I know that mine was Colonel because I didn't ask. This is the problem. You have to ask mm. the meaning. I did not ask mm. the meaning. I thought it was, I wouldn't have gotten it even if I asked the meaning because I don't think I knew until I was um, not at like 13 that Colonel was spelled Colonel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I just read it as Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense. It's a weird spelling yeah. of a word. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, speaking of ice cream, a second story in this segment is that New York City Parking Authority, I guess, yeah. um, made the decision to tow all the ice cream trucks in Midtown Manhattan that had unpaid parking violations. And so out of like 40 some trucks, I think only eight escaped the long arm of the law. They're they're still on the run. <laughs> And so what's a person to do 
when you've won the spelling bee in Midtown Manhattan <laughs> and you need a dribble scoop. You can't go to a truck. There's only one. Eight. <laughs> um, I like am a really, I feel like we've talked about this. I'm a really, really confident um, driver and pretty confident parker. It stresses me out thinking about driving and or parking in New oh, York City. Horrible. I don't know why anybody would do it. Like one time Dave and I were going to drive from D.C. to Boston. We ended up taking the train. And I said, you have to drive in New York. I can't do it. Like I like I can't do it. It freaks me out. We drove a moving truck in Manhattan. Oh, oh my to, God. To move a friend from Detroit to New York. And it was awful. I can't imagine. I, I would just think that the amount of stimuli there would be yes. just impossible to track everything that you it need is. to track it is and it's i mean i feel that way about new york anyway it's just too much for me <laughs> yeah. much less yeah. when you're driving a huge truck in rush hour of course God. Yeah. Well, i just think that ice cream trucks should be exempt <laughs> from Absolutely. any parking restrictions yeah. they should be able to stop in the middle of the street if someone's flagging them well, down that's what they do ice here. Cream is serious yeah well they're more desperate for revenue in Detroit. Yeah, they'll, I mean, but they'll just like, they'll do whatever they want. They'll pull up on your lawn. Nice. Because <laughs> they recognize how important it is. It's ice cream. <laughs> um, and the third story in this category is that NASA has announced it will allow tourists to stay on the American side, not the Russian side, the American side of the International Space Station for the low, low price of $35,000 a night. And Luke was really marveling at what a reasonable price $35,000 a night is. <laughs> and what I was thinking about was, yeah, but you don't stay for one night. You're not like, I'm going to be here for a night and then I'll catch the next shuttle back. You might be there for like months. Housekeeping. $35,000 a night. But that's for a couple, right? So it's really seventeen five, which is totally reasonable. Right. All I kept thinking is there are people in the world who, uh, lots of people in the world who don't make that much in a year. A lot of people in the United States that don't make that much in a year. It's a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and they were trying to figure out the business plan of how the space station could possibly turn a profit only charging $35,000 a night. And I was like... It's not like they have to pay their mortgage, and that's why they're <laughs> to their space landlord. Tourists. <laughs> right now, they're getting zero dollars a night. You dummies! Yes. <laughs> well, with our like great leader, um, who thinks that? Wait, what is it that the moon is a part, part of, of Mars? Mars? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is just—I mean—make some money because it's all going. Down I'm the pretty tube. sure he we was talking about budget. You know what I mean? I I think I think so. It was not just to a defend such a monster poorly, but he yeah he's a terrible writer too. <laughs> Somewhat inarticulate, I would Somewhat. say, at expressing his viewpoints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just try and get as many people into space as possible now. Just load yeah. up the space station. Get them out of here. Yep. All right, Mike has something important to talk about. <laughs> Okay, uh, this section, instead of these messages, will be done in a minute, uh, is Oreo diluting its brand by introducing tons of new flavors. Yes, but should they care? Because when you go to the cookie aisle, they occupy about, I don't know, um, 
half of it mm-hmm. with all yeah. of their flavors camping out in there. So you compare that to, you know, when I was a kid and they had one kind of Oreo and it had one place in the aisle. So let's think about uh, how much money they were making then versus how much money they're making now, because those, those flavor, if those flavors weren't selling, those supermarkets would not be stocking them. So even though a lot of them sound just awful, just mm-hmm. awful to yeah. me, most of them do. I like a regular Oreo, maybe a golden, but the double stuffed was a bridge too far for me. So obviously I haven't gone, you know, like at the picnic, I'll, I'll try a bunch of these bullshit flavors, of course, but <clears throat> I haven't gone down the Oreo road. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I like the, uh, I still like the original. I, I love, I love the original, you know, when I was a kid and my mom would get Hydrox. Just, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Come on, Hydrox. come on, mom. How much cheaper is it? Like, <laughs> that's, that's the thing is, is I did some research on it uh, back in the day. Cause I, I can't remember why, but we named one of our takedown shows um, up on my Hydrox horse for something. Cause I think I, <laughs> um, Matt thought I was trying to be cheap. I thought Hydrox came first. Yes, it did come first, and it was the more premium brand. But somehow they yeah. they they lost out to Oreo, the and then name. eventually, you know, they had to go deep discounting and disappointing the hell out of like a ten year old uh, McFrizz. <laughs> so, you know, I agree. Yeah, they're diluting their brand, but um, are they making tons of money doing it? <laughs> of course, of course they are. Good for them. What I was thinking about when Luke and Andrew were talking about this, but as they were coming at it from a place of when I was a kid, when I was a kid, yeah, mm-hmm. I would be so excited when my mom would bring home. And I'm like, well, you just betrayed yourself because who is making the purchasing decisions here? Not 10-year-old Luke mm-hmm. and Andrew. Yeah, It's their moms. And so I, I don't think the argument about how kids aren't going to have as big an attachment to Oreo because of all the different flavors. I don't really think that's the point. It's that the people who grew up with Oreos see the green tea flavor or the lemon or the star spangled banner with the pop rocks, which I did try. And they're like, Oh my God, look at that funky new flavor of Oreo. Let's try it. I just, I don't think it's the kids driving the decisions on these. Yeah. I think that Mm -hmm. you're probably right. And also it's just like a, I feel like it's a gimmick to get social media attention also. Right. Like, I don't necessarily think that they're putting all their money behind pumpkin Oreos or whatever. Actually, pumpkin they might. But, like, you know, some weirdo flavor or candy corn. I feel like it just is kind of keeps Oreo forefront in your mind. So then you're like, oh, or I, you know what? I'd rather have yeah. a regular Oreo. So I'm going to go get mm-hmm. regular Oreos. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's some, like, marketing gimmicky gimmickry behind I'm not it. much of a sweets person but I am really susceptible to Oreo marketing so if I hear about Oreos <laughs> or see something I have to like next time I'm at Target I'm gonna get and I'm into double stuff like even I think there's a mega stuff now that's my jam. I tried them. They're, I tried I love them. them. The mega stuff. <laughs> I love them and I keep them hidden in my car because Gregory's got diabetes so it's getting too hot for that and I'm gonna be upset. If I can't, I'm sorry. I'm so yeah, too I'm hot. sorry. I'm so rude mm-hmm. that I just laughed at Gregory. No, <laughs> you're laughing that I have to hide food from him. <laughs> and this is a theme that has continued in my life because I used to have to lock my snack drawer with a padlock in Texas. Diabetes is hilarious. Um, I've had it for 20 years. I've never stopped laughing. It's amazing. So funny. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I wasn't really much of a 
I I like the creamy part of the Oreo because so I was into the double stuff. I really was way more of a like a Chips Ahoy person. Like I that is my go to. I like Oreos. Like I like one Oreo, but I want a sleeve of Chips Ahoy. So I don't know. I think I would always get Oreos, so I would not eat the whole mm-hmm. thing. My grandma used to get Chips Ahoy, and remember in the eighties, the advertising slogan was "Bet you bite a chip." Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How how many chips were in the Chips Ahoy? And so I would sit at grandma's and think, bet you bite a chip. And I was think, I bet I don't. So I spent a long time nibbling the edges of Chips Ahoy being, see, didn't bite a chip. Didn't bite a chip. I do the same thing when, have have y'all ever seen when you're driving down the highway, it's like, like think online or think billboard advertising doesn't work. It just did. And I'm like, it didn't work on. <laughs> I always think <laughs> I used to get defiant about the, the show all things considered. Cause it would come on near dinner time. And when I was a surly teenager, I'd be like, Oh really? All things. Are they considering that we're having ground beef again for dinner? No. <laughs> Consider that NPR. I actually do this in my classes at the gym because the the um, instructors are fond of saying things like, you can do anything for 30 seconds. Yes. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, breathe in space? <laughs> yep. What is this contrary nature that we have? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Are we done with ostensibly Oreo talk? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's all I have. <laughs> well, I think it was good. Um, and I'm very impressed with you, Mike, that you didn't go down a certain route when we were talking about double stuff. Yeah, Oreos. thank you. I know you were thinking <laughs> it. <laughs> um, okay. on We're moving on quickly. Um, this was actually a topic that, they talked about that I thought was sort of interesting and I kind of wanted them to go down a little bit more, but um, Luke was offered a chance to profile Tim Allen um, for CBS Sunday morning and he turned it down, which honestly he turned it down because he really did not have time for it. But also um, another reason is that he's talked so much shit about him that it was, I think he thought it was like a conflict of interest sort of, but um, I thought it was interesting because I think that, it was right for him to turn it down, besides the fact that he didn't have time. I mean, you know, it's okay to talk to and interview people that you don't fully, fully agree with. But I don't know. Tim Allen is kind of a shitty person. Mm-hmm. And he's really famous. He was good in Galaxy Quest. He My was. dad loved it. My dad loved Home Improvement. And I, you know, I love the Toy Story movies. And he's good in it. He's a good voice. But he's a shitty person. Um, and, uh, y- you know, he... I'm kind of proud of Luke for saying no to that. Like it would have been a high profile thing. And I actually think his interview with Mindy Kaling has put him on the map a little bit. Cause a lot of people watched it. Um, but, and this would have been another high profile thing where it's like, he is the one that's getting the celebrity interviews. You know, he's getting the, he's really good with them and natural with them. But this one, he, I was kind of proud of him for turning it down. And I, you know, I think that Luke can be, uh, you know, a little bit selfish and a little bit uh, myopic. But with this, it's like he actually saw that this probably is not a right fit. 
uh, anyway, uh, and it just made me go down like a Tim Allen rabbit hole. And there was a time where Tim Allen had like the number one TV show and the number one movie in the late 90s. Cause, and it was the Santa Claus, I think. And it just is such a weird time when he is such a big deal. And he just isn't anymore. Although I think his show gets pretty big ratings on Fox. But it's just in my like you know, little microcosm of my world, Tim Allen is a non-entity, except for being, you know, in Toy Story movies. I think that must be the two and a half men audience. Yeah, maybe. They have nothing else to watch. Yeah. I watched my share of Home Improvement. Yes, yeah. I kind of liked it back in the day. I was the right age mm-hmm. to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, there really isn't anything to it, but when you're that age, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, but like Al was my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> Not of course. Tim. I liked Wilson, right? Is that his name? Yeah. yeah. I like the mom. And I, of course, well, JTT was like a little bit too young for <laughs> me, but I did think he was cute, but he was like a, a scoot too young. But yeah, it was, you know, the, if TV, there wasn't that many options. If TV was on then, you're like, all right, it's prime right. time TV time. We're going to watch Home Improvement. And if you were a family that watched television, then that's like kind of what you were watching. Mm-hmm. And it was huge. It was really, really, really popular. And it was on for a really long time. And uh, Meredith, didn't it take place in Detroit? I think it was supposed to be in the, well, yeah, in the suburbs. Suburbs. Of course. It wouldn't be in Detroit. He's Tim Allen. (laughs) Ew, no. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, in a way, I mean, I'm kind of glad he turned it down because it would have been weird. But I want, I mean, it's CBS Sunday morning and Luke's right. They're not like, they're not doing a profile of a celebrity to be like, tell me about your drug arrest or, you know, tell right. me about your controversial views on immigration <laughs> or why are you like not that. funny and still popular? <laughs> I saw this picture uh, of like all of the toy story cast, like the voice cast together for whatever they're doing all the press tour. And I'm sure it was just capturing a moment, but I don't know why Tom Hanks just looked like, like he was sort of (laughs) exhausted by the whole thing. And it's interesting because I was thinking about when the first toy story came out, it was like Tom Hanks, Tim Allen. Like they were kind of on equal. I mean, Tom Hanks will always be a bigger movie star, but as far as sort of name recognition, they were on equal footing. And now I'm like, Oh, it's so weird that Tim Allen's still doing this. Yeah, I guess they need his voice, though. Yeah, no, they do. They do. Buzz Lightyear is a big deal. Gotta do it. Yep. Well, I also am happy that Luke turned it down. I was thinking that this is... We are watching him climb the ladder at CBS Mm -hmm. Sunday morning because he started out, you know, Mm -hmm. doing features on ketchup Mm -hmm. and whatever. (laughs) Yeah, sort of goofy human interest stories and stuff, and now he's getting the celebrity interview beat and I, you know, I'm proud of him for achieving this. Mm-hmm. I am too. I am too. And it's really like perseverance and just kind of getting after it. And honestly, even though he does probably work too much or take some sort of silly stuff, I think that's, he's just putting himself out there, which is like what you have to do. Your face just has to be a constant in everybody's yeah. life. And I think and he's got some, point, some good interview yeah. skills. Like I'm, I'm glad that he's yes. doing this somewhere cause he's not doing it on TVTL. <laughs> well, exactly. And, and when I was watching the Mindy Kaling one, it, you know, all the other people on, and I love CBS Sunday morning because it's very soothing and it's not, it's not jarring at all for your Sunday mornings, but he definitely doesn't have the like standard, tell me about your childhood. You know, he, 
is funny. I mean, Luke's funny and he's a good, I think he's mm-hmm. a good interviewer. So I think it's, I think it's cool that he's bringing that energy to CBS Sunday morning. All right. All that positivity. <laughs> that's, that's gone now. And earmuffs. Um, okay. This week in disgusting. Uh, Andrew, um, very ritualistically, it seems, was cleaning his ears um, and having a lot of pleasure in talking about not only he not only was having pleasure talking about it, but it sounded like the the act itself was almost orgasmic to me. Yeah, that's why um, it was creeping me out. I I just couldn't I just couldn't figure out where he was going with it. You know, and I was like, is he doing this? Is he really going to talk about this in this way? Yeah, this was yucky. And I I got to I got to insert a little bit of a science fact. You don't need to I was do say, this. <laughs> and and hydrogen peroxide is not good for tissue. If you if you don't have anything wrong with your ears, it's not going to probably hurt you, but if you have like an infection or something, it can make things worse. Um, and there's also no reason to do it. I've been lectured extensively about this um, uh, by my doctor because I like using Q-tips, or I did, um, but it was making oh, things worse because you can push stuff in there. And so she's like, just rinse it out with warm water in the shower every once in a while. That's all you have to do. Don't do anything else. Don't put anything in there. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. All right. Fine. Oh, fine. <laughs> I do love, I like, it's like just the tip, just a little I know. bit in there. And if I get back in the habit and I go for my checkup, she's like, have you been doing it again? I'm like, no. Yes. Uh, yes. I'll just do like the out, like the, like, you know, just get the whatever. outside. Yeah, know. that's fine. Outside part. But then I start to like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. slowly. And it's like, no, stop. Yeah. And it, it feels like you're doing something good, but you're not. You're, you're pushing it further no, in I there know. and it's bad for you. I know. And you can hurt yourself. Like in girls. Remember that episode? Oh, it was so that awful. That keeps me off of Q-tips so because it was oh. so cringy. If, if you guys haven't seen <laughs> so it, it's, she gets in stuck in her ear because oh, she pushes so too awful. hard. It's, it's <laughs> brutal. But guys, Andrew likes the bubbling feeling. Well, <sighs> I'm having trouble functioning now due due to the nature of this. This is just it's getting to me. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, I never thought I'd be happy to move on to a poop story. <laughs> uh, doctors thought a woman had a brain tumor, but it was actually a tapeworm, which I had no idea was possible. Um, what are what a relief, actually. Like, if, if, if they'd cut into Emily's brain and just pulled a tapeworm out of there. Really, Seriously. really gross. But, you know, no ra- no radiation, no chemo, you know, super gross. And you have to live with that gross thing. But, she, you know, she would probably dine out on that story the rest oh, of her yeah. life. You know, brain cancer, yawn. I had a tapeworm in my brain. <laughs> so, um, I, what, I, what I loved most about that story, though, was the woman just trying to warn everyone off you know, hysteria. Uh, You're not going to get a tapeworm. Chances are you and nobody you know and nobody they know and nobody maybe ever in the world is going to have this happen again. So don't go around every time you get a headache saying you have a tapeworm in your brain because like my my mother-in-law still won't eat red meat because of mad cow disease. (laughs) No, she won't eat hamburger because of mad cow disease. And it's like, What? How long has it been since we've had a case here in the in the U.S.? Uh, a while. It's been a while. But people get, you know, you get something stuck in your brain and you just think this is, you know. Uh, 
everybody just thinks how things are going to relate to them when they don't think, well, actually, it's never going to be me. And if it is me, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, just, I'll openly admit, hey, I was, I was, I was wrong about the tapeworm thing. I, I got one in my brain. I, I really, I didn't think I was going to get it. I really, Doc, I, it was a million to one shot, I guess, but uh, I, I was a tapeworm brain denier until you, you showed it to me. So anyway, I'm getting a little worked up about this, but. Um, the idea of having um, like a foreign thing in your body is, is weird enough as a former tumor owner, you just sort of want it out. Even even though you know it's just your own cells, I can't even imagine how panicked I would be if I found out there was a tapeworm in my brain. Just crack it open and get it out like a coconut. I don't care. Just get it out, you know? <laughs> this is horrifying. Okay, when I found out I had liver tumors, there was not really any great amount of urgency. I was in some pain, but I could have handled it. Um, but I was like, next week, let's do this next week. I don't want this in me anymore. <laughs> it just gave me the creeps. And it was just a tumor, a benign tumor. Ugh. This creeps me out way more than ear stuff. Mm. And see, I have like two minds about it. One, the tapeworm aspect of it like makes me kind of like want to faint a little bit because it's just, yeah, like you were saying, just this live. Whenever I see pictures, and I don't even know if they're real, but it's like a tree was growing and, you know, he ate a seed and like a tree was sprouting in somebody's like lungs or whatever. I know it's probably not real, but it makes me like kind of like it grosses Parasites me out are so awful. Parasites are horrible. I, there's always a segment on them in, haha, segment, in uh, microbiology classes. <laughs> and it's the most horrifying, like teachers will put up slides. My professors in college would put up the most horrifying slides of worms like in people's eyes and coming out of them. And oh. it's just enough to make you, you it ruins your lunch. I'll I fear my kids getting pinworms because it's so prevalent among little mm-hmm. kids. And I'm like, please, God, please, God, no, please. Um, the, but the one thing about this that I thought was so stupid and we've sort of talked about it, this is why I'm like not really a germaphobe because Luke is under the impression that he can control like his own cleanliness by his hand washing, which obviously everybody should wash their hands. Obviously, wash your hands because you can't control that. But you're touching anything, not even just the door handle, just like the wall or you're not scrubbing your hands with really hot water and soap for two minutes. Yeah, we've uh, already determined that he time. doesn't know how to wash his hands, and he thinks that it yeah. sterilizes your hands. It does not. It reduces the number of organisms on your hands if you do it right. It doesn't, yeah. you know, you're not pouring bleach over your, you're soaking your hands in bleach, I think, is what you'd have to do to disinfect them. Ooh. I just, I kind of get sort of, um, it's like everywhere. There are germs everywhere. You know, you, you're not controlling everybody's hygiene. Uh, so I, I can't get so grossed out about it or worry that like poop is going to get into, I assume that I think, you know, there's poop on my hands or whatever. I mean, or just like there's germs on my yeah. body and that's just the way it is. And I can't get consumed by it because it's inevitable. It's a quantity thing and it's a type of bacteria thing, right? There are ones that are harmless and there are ones that are bad. Um, if you get enough of the bad ones, like a whole lot of the bad ones into your body somehow, usually by touching your face with your dirty hands, then you're going to get sick. Otherwise, you're fine. Yeah, totally. Share the thing that you put in Slack, Meredith. What did I put in Slack? Oh, yeah. About where you found. Oh, I was I did a microbiology lab in college and they gave us a a project to go scour the building and take swabs of stuff. We were learning how to do uh, to swab um, agar and grow uh, organisms. So I went and I swabbed the buttons on the elevator and it was just it was worse than the bathroom. 
People were like, ha ha ha, like go straight to the bathroom. It'll be disgusting. It was not. Bathrooms are cleaned constantly. Um, it was the elevators. Yeah. It was the door handles. It was that sort of stuff that grew the most stuff. And it just grew like this whole jungle of bacteria on my plate. I mean, when you said that, I thought, of course, of course, who ever wipes down the elevator nobody buttons. ever nobody and everyone touches them all day long and everyone touches them <laughs> yeah see this is an argument for taking the stairs well then you maybe <laughs> have to touch a door handle right that this is an argument for washing your hands often that's what it is yep and my and my yes that and in my office it's kind of freaky but you, they have like you like tell the guy like I'm going to the 17th floor and then the elevator comes and you just like ride it to the 17th floor, which is creepy because you feel trapped. There's no buttons that you push. Um, oh, oh, it's like a Siri controlled elevator. Basically. Ooh. I mean, you, you tell like the security, I mean, there is oh, there's a human a person. Being. And there is, you know, now that I think about it, there is a touch screen that you hit like 17 on the little touch screen thing. But, uh, but there's no buttons in the in the mm. elevator. It's weird because you get in. Well, I'm kind of used to it now, but you get in, you're kind of like, well, I'm supposed to hit something. But uh, I, I don't know why they do it. I don't know if it makes it faster or controls like which elevators are coming. But I don't know. Maybe it's also for They health. installed a thing in ours, now that I think about it, where you just press the floor that you're going to ahead of time. You press it on the wall before the elevator comes. Yeah. And then it sends yeah. the right one and it brings you there. So you don't push any yeah. buttons once yeah. you get inside, but you do have to push one outside. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Elevator talk. <laughs> Back to the to the um, subject at hand, the uh, tapeworm in the brain. They, mm, I don't want to say they made fun, but they kind of had a little sport of of the lady whose worms were her beat. Um, oh yeah. The the journalist who brought forward the tapeworm story they, they were like I can't, she's writing about worms all day long well that led to one of my favorite throw your phones this week of course from Sam it's real rich for two men known for garbage diet and poop talk to slam journalist Lindsay Beaver's tapeworm beat <laughs> by the way uh, not still not entirely convinced they went to Australia <laughs> chip talk and almost kangaroo sightings are hashtag content that could have been faked anywhere just call me an Australia 10 truther. All caps release the emails for excited marks. Yep. I liked, and I also really liked Bobby's uh, reply to Sam, which I will read, even though it's not officially part of the TV or the TIP canon. It's, you call that a knife? Jet fuel can't melt a knife. <laughs> <laughs> it was so stupid, yet very funny. Well, she does, Lindsay Beaver does seem to write, has written a few stories about tapeworms, but she's like a general assignment reporter for the Washington Post. So, I mean, I think if you read a story about tapeworms, the archive is going to be like, you might like mm -hmm. more stories about. So it's not like she's writing tapeworm stories every week. It's that she's written three. It's that the website has an algorithm at the end. Uh, all right. Are we done with poop talk? Let's hope. Yes. I'm to I'm so done with with that segment. I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry. I volunteered to host that segment. I wasn't up to it. I'm, I apologize to everyone. I have my emesis bag ready to go. <laughs> we forgive you. In Dream Catcher Catcher, this may have been my favorite dream that Andrew has recounted ever. <laughs> Granted, it's a low bar, but clearly he still has some stuff he's working through from the Australia trip because he had a dream. 
that they were in Australia and Luke somehow got hold of a kangaroo that he was going to keep as a pet he had on a leash. But then for some reason, Luke had to go. And so he was like, here, Andrew, you have to take care of this kangaroo now. And Andrew was like, what? And it's such like a clear indication of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought yep. it was hilarious. Andrew's dreams while they were in Australia were really like topical. Vivid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and obvious in meaning. <laughs> yeah, you you don't really need to spend a lot of time with Freud yeah. in order to figure out what's no. going on there. Kangaroo is deep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Hot take. Yeah. Should we move on to TBTL friendos? Um, this week they t- there was some a good amount of Jeopardy talk because James Holtzauer was. Um, uh, he he lost fair and square to somebody else on on Jeopardy and it, it ended his streak, um, but he did not break Ken Jen's records and so Ken Jen is still number one, and um, they the more they talked about it the more Luke realized that uh, when they had had him on the show a couple weeks ago he was very chill about the possibility of his record being um, one upped and and Luke starts to think maybe he knows something that they didn't or that he knew that 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 James wasn't going to win or wasn't going to overtake him. And he suspects this. And then he texts Ken Jen on the show. And while I was listening to this, I put in our Slack channel, why on earth would Luke think that Ken Jen would know <laughs> ahead of time? Cause I just, well, and I, I guess my point still stands. I don't think that Jeopardy is feeding him information, but it turns out that he did know. And it's because he went to the taping. Well, there's some thought that has gone around about how this was all a big scam by jeopardy where they were i don't know they set it all up so that they could gin up some drama but all along they were going to make sure that james didn't break ken's records i'm like come on guys they don't need to drum up drama alex trebek has pancreatic cancer (laughs) exactly (laughs) i mean that's not funny but it's true i feel like people are kind of watching to to be like oh like not as funny as diabetes (laughs) Gregory's still got his legs, so it's it's fine. <laughs> I just, I don't understand how this country goes into Jeopardy frenzy every mm-hmm. once in a while. It it's really so does. Strange. About once a year, yeah. it's like, ah, did you watch? <laughs> I ran into my Jeopardy friend in the cafeteria yesterday, two days ago, to talk to her about it a little bit. And she had some, she had some thoughts, but you know, it it was not that it was faked. It was not that it was a conspiracy. <laughs> Unlike the Australian right, trip, which is which definitely is, fake. Was totally. fake. Soundstage totally. in Burbank. <laughs> or Culver City, I think, is where uh, Jeopardy's, I think that's where Jeopardy mm-hmm. is uh, mm-hmm. filmed. So <laughs> they're just in the studios adjacent yeah. to Jeopardy. <laughs> Final thoughts, anybody? Well, we didn't talk about this as a topic, <laughs> but my... It was. It wasn't even. I can't believe he told that joke. It was. I can't believe he said that thing. (laughs) (laughs) When they got into a discussion of different uh, groupings of animals, the group of owls is a parliament, and a parliament of owls, so on and so forth, and they were rabbit holing merrily away on that. And Luke was talking about a murder of crows. I don't even remember how this went, and they were talking about whether it was appropriate to call something a murder of and then they were trying to figure out if a murder was a noun or a verb and luke said quote 
I don't think of a murder as a noun because it's a thing you do to somebody. <laughs> he said he said thing in the definition of why it's not a thing. <laughs> if it has an article in front of it, it's a noun. <laughs> I mean, it's tricky, right? Because it's both a noun and yeah. a verb, depending on how you use it. I just put that quote into Slack with no comment. And Meredith, you said, so do we blame Jesus Creek or the Jesuits for this one? <laughs> that was before I had listened. I didn't know who said it. It's like, which poor education is to blame for this? But it didn't surprise me that the answer was Jesus Creek. Mm-hmm. Well, 100%. It was just one of those things where I wasn't mad because I was so flabbergasted. I have a theory about Luke's education and why this happens um, and why he's otherwise a seemingly very intelligent um, adult. But the the problem is, like me, he somehow got into UW. So he, he got into a decent college and he got a decent education and probably picked up a lot of worldly knowledge uh, along the way and, and sort of your macro, uh, I don't know, I don't want to get in too deep here, but college is good. You learn a lot. You learn big concepts. You learn you learn big things. But he learned that um, over a base of not little things. He did not. It doesn't seem like with his homeschooling and with Jesus Creek that that there wasn't like a a base of of math and English and just the fundamentals that was laid down. So he's just kind of going by the seat of his pants and. I would say he's he's a he's a highly intelligent person, but the the holes in his game go back to to primary education, mm-hmm. um, in essence. I think. Yeah, like the base of but. his pyramid of knowledge is kind of shaky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. I think that's a good. Yeah. I think that's a good explanation. I mean, didn't they take him out of? They quote unquote homeschooled him for, like even sixth grade. What was a Essentially, Susie just took him out of school. Right. She wasn't really... Yeah. He wasn't being homeschooled. He was being no-schooled. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. She was like, okay, the rest of my, like, eight kids or whatever, like, go away. I'm going to school Luke in right. sixth grade, you know, math and science. That's not happening. No. She was like, here's the newspaper if you want it. <laughs> go sell it by the side of the road when you're done. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's so frustrating about him is that he's clearly so smart, mm-hmm. but yeah. he, Mike, you're 100% right, is that he just talks nonsense sometimes because he's missing some of the basics. All right, who put this in must listen? That looks like some Bobby work. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Uh, well, we discussed a lot about what would be the must listen this week, and we couldn't settle on anything. So it turns out the must listen for the week is the gist. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to housekeeping. Uh, please check out our merch at littleredbandwagon.com. We've got some awesome stuff and you're going to want to have a t-shirt for the picnic or a tote bag. I use my tote bag all the time. I love it. I know I've said this before, but I still love it. It's the biggest one that I have and it's like, it's got a nice kind of squarish bottom. So it's not just a book bag. Um, our archive project is still going on. As we mentioned, it will be going on forever and ever. So please contact Christy if you want to get involved in helping (laughs) with that. And use our Amazon link if you're going to buy anything from Amazon, which I know you are. It's littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. Make that your bookmark, and we'll get a few pennies every time that you buy something. 
and we appreciate those pennies very much. They get us out of a lot of jams. And I did not look at what's the earbuds and earworms for this week. So go like their Facebook page and you'll know. Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock. Okay. Seems appropriate. It's yachting Mm -hmm. season. I'm going to go get on my own personal yacht pretty soon and (laughs) sail away to better climbs. Um, Okay, y'all. Get involved. Sorry. I like... How long? I tapped away. Can... I tapped away, and then I couldn't find it, so I was like, "Shit!" Okay, get involved. LittleRedBandwagon.com is our website. Uh, ThrowYourPhone.com. Y'all know how to use it. You love it. Uh, we want some more of it. Y'all are great, and you you help sustain us. Even when it's negative, we still love it. Keep it coming. Um, join our Facebook group. And the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, voicemail and text is 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Uh, you can fax Bobby your butt. Or, as I said before, if you want to like make up a fake cruise line that you want to give him a free mm. trip to, you can fax that as well. <laughs> um, at 617-354-8513. And with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it.